Ah, yeah, there we go. We got a winner, Perry Spencer. For the 580, you're heading to the game tonight. Enjoy it. With Josh, um, I'm Chris. Helmer and Plank, home of Sooner fans, the ref on the road at a Riverwind Casino. Kind of steel man's home away from home, right? He'll be coming up here from noon until 2. Is the rush out here today, too? Are we spending all day, or is it just me and steel man? I think it's just uh, you and steel man, but okay. uh, hang on a second. I can find out for you. Yeah, they, unless they've stolen the calendar out of studio. I am. Um, no, I, I think you're right. Take... You, you were right. It? Yeah, it's a, okay. looks like an all-day affair. All day, baby. I wanted to take a moment just real quick on a on a Friday to say thank you to David Goodspeed and the good people at OEC Fiber. The OEC Fiber Football Fridays have become a staple of the radio station on OU Football home game weekends. And it's been really, really cool. I think I think for me, I think for the station, but I, 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 I know for me, I guess I should say, I know for me, I'm pretty sure for the station, I, I hope for OEC Fiber. It's been a really cool experience to go to different businesses across the community. I'm an OEC Fiber subscriber. I'm a big believer. Um, it's I, I do radio shows constantly out of my home, and I've never had an issue. And it's just it's an incredible product. So I love I love selling it. I love telling you about it. And I love getting to talk to David on Fridays. So thank you. Thank you, David Goodspeed. They uh, actually, I never, I could never remember her name, but they started going to these remotes and bringing uh, some swag with them. And they would give out shirts and cups and hats and all kinds of goodness. Now, some places were a little bit tough, right, because – We'd be back away in a in an office somewhere, but it was really cool to get out and meet a lot of uh, a lot of smart, brilliant people in our community that are linked because of OEC Fiber, but are all about trying to make Norman and the surrounding area a better place. The chiropractic place we were at last Wednesday was awesome. We went out to the uh, the boot camp. That was where was that located? By the old AMC, over by the Brahms, right off of the I-35 and Robinson exit. So just since it is a, f- a Friday, since our OEC Fiber Football Fridays have come to a conclusion, and I'm out here in Goldsby, which is where David and I both live, thank you, thank you, thank you, OEC Fiber. It's been a great relationship, and I, I can't thank you guys enough for another fun year traveling to different businesses and different uh, different sites across our, our area. Uh, Lee Bryce is coming here to the Riverwind Casino on December 15th. Tickets are available now at Riverwind.com. You've heard the promo. Pete Davidson is coming to Riverwind. Jokoy is coming to Riverwind. So find out about all the great events that are coming here to Riverwind at Riverwind.com. Josh Helmer, are you ready for the top five stories of the day? Oh, I was born ready. It's time for the top five stories of the day. Brought to you by Newcastle Casino. Newcastle Casino, where real gamers play. Let's go, man. Newcastlecasino.com. That's right. Where real gamers go to play. They have the OTB. In fact, we're going to be out there, I think, next Monday. A week from Monday. So learn more about how you can be a part. I-44 exit 107. Newcastlecasino.com. Big story. 
number five. Did I screw Number up? five. Oh. I panicked for a moment. No, you, you know I can screw things. I can screw things up pretty I, easy. I just figured you wouldn't want a commercial with the the sounder. <laughs> that would be pretty funny. All right. Um, congratulations to our first state champion of Oklahoma high school football, Blanchard. We pulled off an upset over Wagner last night, winning at nineteen to fourteen. I heard from a lot of people actually early in the show that were out there when I brought up the fact that it didn't even kick off until 9.20. Yep. And the game didn't end, Josh, until midnight. Yeah, there was a lot of lightning. See, I didn't see whenever I was driving, because I drove up to Tulsa, it was just rain. It was just mist. So I never, like, had electricity or thunderstorms, but I guess it hit pretty hard in Edmond. Wagner turned the ball over six times last night, Josh. Six times. So here's your schedule for tonight. Are we, um, by the way, are we good with the tickets now? I think, yeah, we're good. All right, there you go. Congratulations to Denise. You're going to the OU Women's Basketball And a very tonight. hearty boomer sooner to you. Um, 6A1 in Moore. Oh, I'm, no, I'm a moron. Um. It said more Oklahoma high school football st- scores, and I said in more. <sighs> Fire me now, please. Put me out of my misery. Bixby and Jinx, 7 o'clock. Josh, you've seen both of these teams. What do you think? Jinx gave them uh, their biggest challenge of the season just a, a couple of weeks back. I, I just don't think that they're stopping Bixby. It's a juggernaut. When they get rolling, I mean – Last week, uh, it got tied up 14 apiece early third mm-hmm. versus Owasso, and Bixby proceeded to score the next 42 unanswered to win 56-14. So, I just, oh man, they are a uh, they're a juggernaut right now. They they execute every little piece of the puzzle so well. It, it would surprise me in a big way if Bixby were not talking about them as a state champion tonight. You see – Oh, Chad Richardson Stadium tonight at 7 o'clock. How about this note? Um, I was telling you earlier in the program during a break, it's always cool whenever I'll hear from someone that listened and was a regular part of the big show in Tulsa back in the day from 2 to 6 with Pop and I that still listen but just kind of do in the weeds. Say, ah, 9 to noon, I don't have the energy to call. But I heard from our buddy Shannon Davis, die hard. Big Speed Spartan fan. How about this? Over the last two seasons, Josh, Big Speed scoring differential has been historically outlandish. The Spartans have outscored 25 opponents by an overall total of 1,530 to 264 on a per-game basis and against 6A1 competition that's an average final score of 61 to 11. And I'm here to tell you if they wanted that final average score to be 81 to 11 the last two years, it probably would be. <laughs> oh, man. Also tonight, Stillwater and Muskogee for the 5A state championship. That's going to be at 5 o'clock. In 5A, Dell City and Carl Albert, that's tomorrow at 1 o'clock. 
tomorrow at 1 o'clock for Dell City and Carl Albert. Uh, we mentioned in 4A that Blanchard won the state championship. In 3A, uh, I don't have 3A here. I've got, um, I've got the 2A semifinals, which are both tonight. Millwood and Kiefer. I think Millwood's probably about a seven-and-a-half-point favorite in that game. And then you've got the Jones Longhorns for their second showdown with my Washington Warriors and Brad Beller's crew tonight. And if you missed it, how about this stat that I had from earlier from my buddy Chris Rainey? History, potential tonight for the Washington Warriors. They are trying to become the first Oklahoma school or program to make four consecutive championships in the five-round playoff format. Now, again, you know, Jinx, uh, Union, obviously Bixby's in an incredible run, but in the five-round playoff format, ten other programs have made three straight, but never four. And it's kind of fitting because, Josh, this is the last year of the five-round playoffs. I, I hear rumors and rumblings that maybe a certain Oklahoma head football coach is going to be at UConn tonight for June, uh, Jones and Washington, maybe keeping an eye on, well, listen, I'll just say this way, any of the Alexander kids, okay, I want them all. I want them all to go to Oklahoma. All of them, Josh. Stephen Alexander's sons are in his, his fresh case is the freshman. He's a true true freshman. He's a ninth. My daughter is a ninth grader, too. He looks like a college linebacker already, and he is a freshman. Dude. So it should be fun tonight, Jones what, and Washington. What type of challenge does Jones present? Um, they played each other earlier this year, and it wasn't necessarily the closest game that I've ever seen in my life. Uh, it was one of the few games that I actually got to go to this season. But um, you never know in the playoffs, right? I'm staying grounded. I was trying to find the score. The last time they played, it was actually one of the closer games. It was one of the closer games that Washington played this year. It was a 34-8 to win back on September 8th. In fact, until the playoffs, oh, my gosh. They were one of the last teams to score on Washington this year. Washington beat Jones 34-8. to The following week, they beat Frederick 42-7. to They shut out their next six op- seven opponents until the playoffs when Lexington put a touchdown on them. 51 zip, 49 zip, 54 0, 40 zip, 62 to zip, and 42 to zip. I'd say it's a pretty good run that they're in the midst of right Millwood now. Millwood Kiefer, know anything about those two? Well, that's what I said right now. I have Millwood as about a touchdown favorite. Maybe, maybe a little bit more. Maybe a little bit more. So we're thinking Millwood Washington. Recap, or recap, rematch. Rematch from last year's state championship game. And I apologize. I didn't have the 3A state championship. For some reason, they had Washington and Jones listed. That's Lincoln Christian and Heritage Hall. 
and that game will be tomorrow night at 7 o'clock at UCL. Heritage Hall beat Marlowe, who uh, jumped up to 3A a couple years ago, and uh, Lincoln beat Perkins Triumph. So far, I apologize for not having that. Uh, and again, we've got high school basketball on krefsports.tv to keep you up to date, and we'll talk some high school football come Monday when it all is uh, wrapped up. All right, um, let's hustle. Big story number four. Number four. Did the NFL do much for Josh Helmer last night? The NFL was uh, exciting last night. That was uh, a wacky sequence right before halftime where uh, you had the touchdown and then you got the review and they didn't have the touchdown. And then uh, two more times Seattle scored to take the lead. And uh, obviously it was back and forth uh, from there. Good win for Dallas against a a Seattle team that was starting to get a little desperate. So I know defense optional, but uh, nine and three is pretty good. 9-3 9-3 is really good. Belt high snap. Prescott with plenty of time. Lops it. In zone. Jake Ferguson covered by Jamal Adams, but it doesn't matter. Fergie into the end zone, and Dallas takes the lead in the fourth. Two-point conversion for Dallas. C.D. Lamb in motion. Prescott still plenty of time. Lops it. Cooks is open. Right over the top of the sea in Cowboys, and Dallas now leads it by three. 38-35. What did you make of the non-PI call on Trey Brown defending CeeDee Lamb? Did you see that? <laughs> it was it was pretty obvious, and Trey Brown got away with it. There was a part of me that wondered how many times that had actually happened in an Oklahoma practice where CeeDee Lamb's got a beat, and the next thing you know, Trey Brown kind of being a, be, having a smooth move that doesn't allow him to, to make the play. Wild stat from last night. The two teams combined for 257 penalty yards on 19 combined penalties between the two teams. Pete Carroll on the officiating. I just don't see the way this is going. It's going in the right direction. I mean, we're all waiting to see, is, there, is it a call? I mean, that's what we're waiting for. See, did the official make a call here? Oh, he didn't call it. Oh, he did call it. And... Uh, there's latitude that we need to give these guys. They know the game. They, they know how to make these calls, but they don't. Have, they can't call everything that, when there's a little this is into that, and particularly when it doesn't affect the play. So, and I'll, I'll be I'll, I'll spend some time on this in the offseason for sure. Mm. Interesting. All right. Anything else from the NFL that we need to get to? Not a lot of massive games outside of that Eagles Niners this weekend. Who do you guys have, Josh? Kansas City off to Green Bay Sunday night. Ooh, that'll be a good Sunday night football game. Jordan Love's playing a little bit better, right? Just beat Detroit on Thanksgiving. Yeah, big time. That'll be uh, fun. Upset for Green Bay. This is the latest I ever remember the Raiders having a bye. And then it's me versus Travis next week. In the battle of bad quarterbacks, Joshua Dobbs versus Aiden O'Connell. Print the shirts. All right, number three, big story number three. Number three. Oh, Nick Saban has already started the politicking for the SEC should Alabama beat Georgia. I think there should be some representation from the SEC regardless of who wins the game. Absolutely. I think this is one of the best leagues, you know, in the country. And if you're a one-loss team and you play through this league, uh, I think you're one of the best four teams in the country. He uh, he wasn't done. Uh, I think that uh, the SEC is one of the best conferences in the country. I think Georgia 
is one of the best teams in the country, and I think that they're one of the best four teams in the country. I think if we beat them, we'd be one of the best four teams in the country because, you know, teams do um, – there's a transformation that goes through the season. Uh, so how are you playing now? Where is your team now? How good are you now? I think all those things, you know, come into play. But I, I think it would be a, a disrespect to the SEC if there is an SEC representation in the Final Four. I do believe that. I think that we're going to uh, – I think we're going to get a lot of that, Josh. I think we're going to get a lot of that. The best politicking that uh, Alabama can do is uh, by beating the team that's won 29 in a row. That would be a strong I, piece of politicking. I would – I mean, listen, I'm I'm over the moon pumped to uh, – I'm over the moon pumped to get into the SEC, right? I can't wait for it. But I would love to see the committee have a hard decision between, like, an undefeated ACC champ, a one-loss Big 12 champion um, that had beaten – the one-loss SEC champion, and then a one-loss Georgia, who's the two-time defending champion. I'm here for it. All right, let me quickly run through the schedule before we get to some OU basketball. Tonight at 6 o'clock, CBS Sports Network, the Conference USA Championship, New Mexico State and Liberty. This has bowl ramifications because Liberty's still alive for a potential New Year's Day Six Bowl. At 7 o'clock tonight, Oregon and Washington on ABC. Tomorrow it starts early, 11 a.m. That's the Big 12 championship game, Oklahoma State in Texas. And that game, by the way, is on ABC. At 3 o'clock on CBS is Georgia-Alabama. Meanwhile, on ABC is the American Athletic Conference championship game, SMU and Tulane. And Steely said that SMU's quarterback is out. Is that right? I don't need to hear that. No Preston Stone? I made that my lock. Anyway, SMU and and Tulane tomorrow night in primetime. Josh, your Iowa Hawkeyes take on Michigan. That's going to be on Fox. And at the same time on ABC, Louisville and Florida State, I, where we learned today there's a chance Tate Rodemaker might up. I think there's going to be more people watching Florida State, Louisville. You think so? Yeah, I hate to say it. <laughs> All right, big story number two. Number two. We, uh, we have not spent enough time on this today. Last night, Oklahoma inside the McCaslin Fieldhouse. Not only did the fans, a student-only event, put on a show, but Oklahoma continued its dominating play, winning 107-86 over Arkansas Pine Bluff. Afterwards, Porter Moser asked how it felt. Absolutely. I thought it was uh, everything I envisioned. Um, You know, I remember walking out and just looking up and seeing all the the packed house and uh, see the students and the energy. Um, I say all the time, college basketball is one of the sports that students can impact the most because they're right on top of you. And uh, so just been working a couple of years to try to get this, to envision the students to having a ton of fun. I thought they had a ton of fun. I thought everyone at, at Oklahoma, the marketing, the facilities, maintenance, everybody did an awesome job uh, getting this thing ready to go. And um, it was just it was just electric in there. It was really loud. And I can't remember the home game where I, I, was, I was having to do hand signals at home. And um, so I just really uh, appreciate the students coming out like that, and it was everything I would envision. I saw some people were mad because I think what the announced attendance was 500 more than the actual student attendance. I mean, I don't know how many people showed up from Arkansas Pine Bluff, but it's not like you can tell them that they can't bring anything other than students. Sorry, UAPB family and friends. You can only bring students. So that's probably what 
I don't know what the allotment is that you send. And I'm sure that there is staff, there's marketing, there's a lot of people that work at the university. It's just kind of a unique thing. I think it's pretty cool. I understand that everyone wanted to be there. I wanted to be there, Josh. But I thought it made for a really cool atmosphere and a really cool environment. It did. It it turned out. Very well done. You know, you mentioned this earlier, but a year's worth of planning and uh, the marketing side of this, I mean, everything that went into it, they they did a bang-up job. It turned out great. The attendance uh, was terrific for it. So it really couldn't have gone better, and Oklahoma played great, right? So, yeah, Absolutely. So OU is off until Tuesday when they will take on Providence. That's back inside the LNC. And the OU women have center stage all to themselves tonight as Oklahoma takes on Grambling. That is a 6 o'clock tip inside the Lloyd Noble Center before OU welcomes in UNLV next Saturday. Which gets us, Josh, to big story number one. Number one. Number one. Number one. So, obviously, it's been a week talking about the new offensive coordinators for the Sooners, co-coordinators, and Joe John Finley and Seth Littrell. We've spent some time today talking about the transfer portal. Tawi Walker entered his name. Jason Llewellyn already in there, as is DJ Graham. We haven't really gone in-depth on... Some other names we think could potentially land in the portal, and there's a reason why, is I hate speculating on that. I really do. We talked earlier. If you missed it in hour one, download the podcast. It was an in-depth conversation on exactly what Danny Stutzman said during Teddy's podcast in their live event on Thursday night. Wait, hold on. Wednesday night and how it wasn't necessarily the most reassuring thing for some people that he was going to be back. But in that same vein... Josh, I didn't hear no bell. I didn't hear no bell, so you never know. But at least Camo Sooner had mentioned it, a couple of uh, others that have been there live, saying you had a blast, but also not the most reassuring thing. Uh, So I, I hate that speculation. Let's let these men take their time to make their decisions. But we are starting to hear some buzz about who OU might be interested in. And when we come back, we'll lay out a few names who have already been talked about right here. On the home of Sooner fans. All right, welcome back. Riverwind Casino on a Friday with Josh on Plank. All right, so just real quick to pay off the tease. I I think it's funny. You see this, too. Every single time literally anyone enters the transfer portal, it's like NFL free agency. And then suddenly if you look in the mentions for Oklahoma fans, it's what? Do you like covered wagons? Then there's Texas fans that's like, 40 acres, Bill, let's go. And it's just, it's hilarious when you start looking at the mentions for just about any high profile guy in the portal, right? Um, but I, uh, I've heard a couple of names for OU. One of them, George Stoya, who was on with us yesterday, he mentioned on the unofficial 40 podcast that OU has contacted Thor Griffith. Thor Griffith is an offensive lineman from Harvard. So that would be two years in a row that we saw Oklahoma go after one of the smart dudes. 
a nerd. But uh, Griffith, by the way, 6'2", 3'20", was all Ivy League two times. Uh, He said in his in his tweet that he only has one year of eligibility left. I don't know uh, who all is in on him. He had an offer during his, oh, he has an offer from UCLA and Appalachian State so far. So obviously, if OU has been, did I say offensive lineman? I apologize. I apologize. Um, He's listed as a defensive lineman. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I got my lines confused. Thank you. Defensive lineman out of Portsmouth, New Hampshire, six foot two, three twenty. Has an offer from UCLA. Has an offer from Appalachian State. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not going to pretend like I know a ton about Harvard football. In fact, sometimes I forget the Ivy League plays football. But maybe a name worth keeping an eye on, Josh. Whenever we're talking about transfer portal additions, so if they've already reached out, it would lead you to believe that of the positions that we've talked about on this year very radio program, defensive line is going to be one beyond just, say, the interior, that Oklahoma's going to be looking to add a body or two, doesn't it? Yeah, and that's not shocking at all that uh, Oklahoma needs to. Offensive line, defensive line. Uh, Interior, defensive line, add some some beef, some girth uh, there. Thor, by the way, terrific lineman name on either side of the football. Give me, give me any defensive lineman named Thor, and I'm all about it. I'm absolutely all about it. The Thunder God. The th- what a great name. The uh, this is the what, what a note from Joe C this morning too. If you're wanting to feel a little bit nostalgic, 25 years ago today was when Bob Stoops was introduced. Maybe, maybe if you look at programs programs across college football that have hit a lull. Alabama did it, right? Georgia was in one for a long time. Michigan. How Michigan was in a lull, Josh, whenever they first had Jim Harbaugh there. Ohio State went through, you know, the John Cooper era where they weren't able to get over the hump. Then they brought in Jim Trestle and holy smokes, did they? Right? My point is, I don't it's up there with one of the greatest hires in the history of college athletics, right? With what he ended up meaning for this program, for this university, and what it did for Oklahoma football? Yeah, the, the timing of the hire, where, where the program was at, where uh, the heights to which Bob Stoops took the program, where it's remained, the expectations moving forward is still championship football for Oklahoma. It's, uh, yeah, I mean, it's arguably the most important hire in OU football history. Unreal. Unreal. Uh, meanwhile, Josh McQuistion retweeted this last night. Um, and, and, again, he, here's how I look into the potential of guys that Oklahoma might be interested in on the transfer portal. Who do the recruiting guys start tweeting about and talking about? <laughs> and I, I guess maybe we might be looking at a little bit of a little bit of North Carolina State as a potential guy who could end up who could end up being a being Oklahoma Sooner next year. I don't know. 
But this, uh, dude, what's his freaking name? Why can I not find his name on here anywhere? But there's a North Carolina State guy who is mentioned as a possibility for Oklahoma to be in the mix for. You would have thought that I would have looked this up before we actually did the segment, right? Oh, come on. Who does that? Why would that be anything that I would do? Uh, Let's see here. I've got their roster up. No, we're not going anywhere on this show until I figure it out, people. We're not going anywhere until I get this figure. I'm not looking at the text line either, Josh. I'm not looking at the text line either. So wait for it. Wait for it while you're yelling at your radio for the two of you that know this. It would be C.J. Clark, six foot three, three hundred and five pound defensive tackle, out of New London, North Carolina. Six three three oh five. So, in other words, when you're looking for names in the portal, you gotta you gotta keep an eye on defensive tackles, cornerbacks. I don't. Know, do you think? Do you think they're gonna get a receiver in the portal? As I told you yesterday, to me. I think they're okay at wide receiver. Obviously, I think any position, save for quarterback and depending upon everybody staying, maybe running back. Probably if the right guy says, hey, I'd like to come to Norman, Oklahoma, every position, you're open for business. Sands, uh, again, probably quarterback, right? Mm-hmm. So Yeah, exactly. But to me at wide receiver, because of what they've got, Coming back, the production that we saw from Anderson, from Jaden Gibson, uh, Andrew Anthony, others, right? And what you have coming in, it's got to be somebody that has legitimate production. I don't think you take another Brennan Thompson or LV Bunkley Shelton, insert name here, that had some limited production. I mean, we're talking it's got to be Jacob Hester. Right. It's got to be all-conference type production, I think, to, to be additive at wide receiver. Do you feel the need, Josh, if Danny does turn pro to get an established backer, or do you feel good enough with the amount of reps that Kanick has now had, even though he struggled near the end of last year, Kobe McKenzie, Kip Lewis, uh, Phil Pichotti coming back off an injury who seems to be very high on everyone's list, got to stay healthy, right? Would you anticipate Connor Neer is still there too? I think he's got one more year. Again, I don't know who has another year. All conference type. <laughs> If yeah. uh, if you've got a, a n- not from the Connor near vein, right. right? I mean, I think you're past that type of supplementing of the roster. If it's somebody that can come in and legitimately impact things and has been a starting uh, star type player elsewhere, sure, come on down. But other than that, I think you, yeah, just continue to turn the keys over to the the young backers. Um, I agree, which is why I also wonder if that's going to be the case at safety too. But it, it sounds at the very least, at least from the first two people that have been mentioned as portal possibilities for the Sooners, Thor Griffith, the offense uh, – why do I keep saying that? The defensive lineman out of, out of Harvard and C.J. Clark, the defensive tackle out of North Carolina State, at the very least you get the sense they're going to try to be building up more of that defensive line room. Josh from Car Equipment, uh, the real, the man's man, right? Who's our man's man? Tommy Bacon, Josh from Car Equipment. He sent the, uh, there's more angles of that steer that got killed. 
outside of an Oklahoma, and they left it outside of the Oklahoma State Farm Fraternity House. I guess it's supposed to be their way of showing Texas. I don't need to see those pictures. I'm going to make that very clear. Showing Texas, gotta... and, I mean, it looks like <laughs> it's a direct statement to the fraternity, the, the farmhouse <laughs> fraternity. So it says, you know, expletive FH on it. So it's like, I don't know what's going on. It's fraternity on fraternity pranking Wait, here. Do you think it's possible this has nothing to do with the OSU-Texas game? <laughs> it's possible, but the timing just <laughs> right and the fact that, again, it's uh, a longhorn steer. It's I, I don't uh. know that it's a direct shot at the University of Texas, but the the timing of it is, is kind of bad. unusual. Bad. All right, listen, um, I, I, I've got one more thing for you on Joe John Finley and Seth Luttrell. And when we come back, if you're a numbers nerd, you're going to love what Parker <laughs> – Parker Thune. You're going to love what Parker has to say from Stats O War about the hiring of Seth and Joe John. We'll play it for you after this, live from Riverwind on the ref. Two things happened during that commercial break, Josh, in college football. Um, as expected, Cameron Ward is in the portal again. I feel like every quarterback – oh, wait, hold on. He's going to evaluate entering the 2024 NFL draft as well as putting his name into the transfer portal as a grad assistant. So, Cam Ward, Riley Leonard, Will Howard, three big names right now in the portal, quarterback-wise? Yeah, th- those are the yeah. three. Who uh, Cam Ward, is he the best of those three? I, I guess, but I, to- I guess I watched him in a terrible game. He looked like garbage whenever I saw him. Turned the ball over a couple of times. But, you, you know, you can also see that he didn't, he didn't have a lot of help around him. I don't, and I think he got a little dinged up late in the year. Nevada has fired Ken Wilson. Oh, okay. Then we got an, a, another opening that has just hit two. Fresno State is open. Fresno State. So Nevada and Fresno State are are now vacancies, and Cam Ward is in the portal. So a couple, Dude, of, I'll tell you, a couple of Pac-12 oh, openings. Yeah, that's <laughs> – I'll tell you what. You know who would be a good fit at uh, at Fresno State? Matt Wells would be a good fit at Fresno State. Now, I don't know if they have a guy because, like, Jeff Tedford has – I think this is the second time he's retired – I think he had the job and retired or took the Cal job or something, and then that imploded. I think Matt would be good. I think it would be a good job for him. You don't want to go to Nevada, man. Nevada's a nightmare. So, what did Jane Orvell took Colorado State to get out of Nevada, if that shows you how bad it is. All right, so Parker Fleming is a, uh, I don't think he minds me saying this, is a numbers nerd. They get into the analytics side of it. Uh, he's a great follow on Twitter at Stats O War. They put out the kind of the nitty-gritty sheets. And I had a chance, I asked him, just to kind of put a cap on our uh, national breakdown and analysis of the hiring of Seth Luttrell and Joe John Finley. Here's what Parker said when I asked him, what does it look like from a numbers perspective 
with Seth and Joe John? Well, I think the biggest variable is are we going to keep Jackson Arnold? Because yeah. if you're keeping him happy, I think I think that goes a long way. I like Latrell. I was beating the drum pretty loudly for TCU to hire him this this um, this cycle. I think that he did a great job with some offenses at UNT, and and you know even if maybe uh, manning a program and, and running it day to day wasn't exactly his forte, I think that he's a good offensive mind. He knows a lot about how to. Um, operate an offense and, and, and is good there. So I think the biggest thing for those two guys is, um, you know, with a team like Oklahoma, you're going to have a talent advantage. So the, the threshold for what an offensive coordinator needs to do is, is a little different than a place like Kansas, for instance, where you have to innovate a little bit more. So it may seem not as fun and is not as appealing to not necessarily have conducted a national search, but if you can prioritize continuity on a team that took a meaningful step forward in Venable's second year, if you expect Venable's defense to get better and continue to be excellent, um, I, I think you know guys that are going to retain the talent on your roster, minimize turnover, and set you up to have a solid foundation is, is th- there could be way worse hires that they could do. I think a low-variance hire here is, is absolutely defensible by Oklahoma. Isn't that pretty much what we've been saying the whole time, too, Josh? Absolutely. Hey, continuity matters. Continuity matters. They feel good about where they're heading, so there's some numbers to hopefully make you feel better about it. Let's pick who we think are going to win these conference championship games. We'll roll through them all in our Primrose Funeral Services final thoughts next right here on The Ref. All right, let's roll through these in our Primrose Funeral Services final thoughts. We've got... Two conference championship games tonight. We've got five tomorrow. Let's pick them. Primrose, that's seven picks, Josh. We're doing a little extra work today, so we got to hustle. Primrose Funeral Services. Take the, the pain and the hurt out of funeral planning. Pre-plan today. Never an easy conversation, but that's why you have the pros at Primrose Funeral Service. 405. Oh, hold on here. 405-321-6000. That's 405-321-6000. All right, Josh. Tonight. Tonight. Liberty minus 10.5 against New Mexico State. Which way are you going? Liberty rolls. I like it. Give me the flames. I'm with you. Washington. Not the Washington Warriors who are ready for Jones and the Longhorns tonight. It's in Yukon if you guys want to go. 7 o'clock tonight on ABC, Oregon Ducks, Washington Huskies, nine and a half. Nine and a hook. Which way are you going? I, I am floored that this number is what it is. But uh, I do like Bodacious and company to win and get into the college football playoff, but I can't see where Michael Penix and company just go out with a whimper. Uh, I mean, they right. beat this, this Oregon team earlier this season. I would take Washington – with the nine and a half, I like them to lose close. I do like Oregon to win, but I don't think Oregon's just blowing the doors off of Washington tonight. I, I agree. I like Washington to keep it in the number. It wouldn't surprise me either if Washington beat them, but I'm taking the Ducks in a tight one. Saturday, 11 a.m., Oklahoma State and Texas. Number continues to grow up to 15, according to Caesars. I'm taking Texas to cover the number, Josh. I think we get an inspired effort from Oklahoma State. I think the the nerves of what's at stake factors in a little bit for Texas. Longhorns win, Cowboys cover. George, uh, did I already take? I said Oklahoma. I said I'm taking Texas. Okay, okay. Um, Georgia, Alabama. Alabama, a five-point dog to the Bulldogs. What do you think? 
Alabama's been playing some really good football. Uh, you know, Auburn game aside, heroics there aside, coming down the stretch of this season. Milrose obviously come of age here a little bit. I just feel this is a tailor-made spot for Georgia to remind everyone, hey, did you forget we won the last two national championships? And, oh, by the way, we've won 29 games in a row. That's I right. think I think Georgia's going to play really well. I think they're going to win by multiple scores. And I think uh, their uh, run of unbeaten continues into the college football playoff. Yeah, I think Georgia's really good. I think it's going to be a fun game. I would take Georgia to cover that number of five. Uh, three o'clock, same time, ABC, SMU, Tulane. You got any feels on this one? Yeah, I'm leaning Tulane if uh, SMU's quarterback yeah. Stone doesn't play. Yeah, I picked SMU as my lock, so I really hope Stone plays. Michigan-Iowa, Josh will be all over it. Big number, most interesting number, and I know we're short on time, Josh. First half total points for Iowa, 0.5, half a point. Yeah, I think they're going to score in the first half, but, uh, I, I, I mean, Michigan's going to win this game comfortably. I think so, too. And then Louisville-Florida State in prime time. You giving the Cardinal any chance of pulling this off? I think they're going to win, Cardinals. yeah. Really? I, I think they're helping the committee out. Boy, the committee. Either they're helping them out or they're making it more painful for them, one of those two, <laughs> right? All right, man. Enjoy the games this weekend. On Monday, who knows what the portal will look like for the Sooners, but we'll be all over it. Plus, we're uh, hoping to hear from Joe John Finley and Brent Venables. We'll know the Sooner Bowl destination on Monday as well. Didn't spend a lot of time on bowl projections. Steelman and Thune at noon coming up next. Show never stops on Twitter at Josh on Ref. I'm at Plank Show. Thanks to Riverwind for hosting the Plank Show right here on the Home of Sooner Fans.